Hey, was that a good lunch? Yeah, yeah all right. Are you awake after lunch? Yes. No? Oh, good. All right. We're going to do nap time now. Let you know, just kind of. I, I looked at the time frame that I thought, oh, great. I'm going to be speaking right after lunch. That's going to be good. I hope there's a lot of coffee at lunch, or we'll get up, we'll do jumping jacks or something like that. Good, good, good. Well, wasn't Stephen's message just great about doing things that are important? And really, that, that box number two, I mean, I took a ton of notes off that. Don't tell anybody, but I'm taking that back. I'm poaching it for my own. <laughs> Staff will go, oh, how come he's so smart? Yeah. <laughs> come on. All right. Smart enough to borrow from other people. That's what I am. So what got me the little ways through school I got was uh, borrowing from other people. <laughs> and there's some truth. My motto in um, school was, you sit by the sharp kids. You find the smartest kids in the room and sit by them. And I still do that today, too, by the way. I tell people, I go, look, if you're not smarter than me, you can't come on this staff. We want people. And they go, Mac, that's, that leaves it up to everybody. You've got to raise your standard a little farther. You've got to go up a little higher than that. And um, so... Uh, Anyway, but we do, man. It's, it's so funny. When I run an ad in the bulletin or something like that, there's just, for like a receptionist, it may take us six months to a year to hire a receptionist. Why? I want the very best. I want the very best. I want the very best. I'm building a team. Now, should us as ministry people be looking for the very best? Totally. Totally. If, I want, if I'm building my team, man, I want the highest quality people I can. And for us, if we want to be part of that team... We want to be the highest quality people. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. All right, so this morning was okay? Yes. Yes. It seems like the numbers are down. Did I, you know, I ran some people off here or something, you know? It's like uh, hurt some feelings or something. I'll have to, you guys got to walk in forgiveness, got to walk in love towards me, okay? Yes. All right. Well, this afternoon's session, um, I want to talk about uh, we talk about empowerment. Now, this morning, a lot, really, the subject matter we talked about is taking initiative, going forward, taking that responsibility, moving forward. And a lot of that is based on empowerment. Okay, We're trying to empower people to walk in the gifts of God, to walk in those areas, and to develop things forward. And so that's kind of what it is. Now, this afternoon, we're going to move to Why? And what, what is that work out to be? And we're gonna, it's going to be about outcomes. Okay, so we're going to do a, a little mind shift. Why does... Have you ever thought why a new person shows up to your church? Think about it. Here's a couple. And they're... Picture a hypothetical couple. They wake up one morning and they go, hey, honey, you know, everything's great in our life. Our marriage is great. Our family's great. The kids have no issues in school. Our finances are great. We see the world as walking in peace and joy. There's no turmoil in the world whatsoever. Hey, what do you say? What do you say we go across town and you know that weird building with a beautiful new sign on the front? Faith Heights. What do you say do we go into that church where we don't know anybody and they dress different, they talk different, and rumor has it, a lot, a lot of them don't even like us. What do you say we go over to that church? Does that happen? 
It doesn't happen. Because the reality is, if people come here, if they inconvenience yourself, themselves and they show up, they're here for a reason. They're looking for something. Because chances are that that conversation may go more like this. <sighs> My marriage stinks. I thought it would be better than this. Seems like we're not communicating. Man, I'm really worried about my kids. All this sexual identity stuff at school. Oh my goodness. And what's going on with the world? There's no peace in this thing. I'm looking for answers. I wonder, I wonder if that, that Faith Heights place has the answers for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know about this God thing. But maybe I'll go. Maybe we should go. Maybe we should try. Honey, what do you think? Can we get up early tomorrow? It's Sunday. I know it's my, our day off. But can we go in there? And really, when those people do that, that's what they're, are they putting things at risk? Yes. They are, aren't they? They're getting out of their comfort zone. They're getting out of bed. They're getting their kids ready. They're taking a risk. They're coming in. We'll be, will we be accepted? Will they talk to us? Are they going to be nice to us? What's that experience going to be like? And see, I think that that outcome is what we need to think about. Why do you do what you do? Why do we have these ministries? What are those outcomes? Okay, and do we think about that? So part of what I mean by outcomes is when I came here, before I came here, I sat down with my assistant. We've been praying about this church, praying about, you know, looking at the website, praying over the people, praying over your church, asking God what to say. But part of it, I had to decide what outcomes I wanted when I left here. What deposits. Now see, how that affects you is do you think as greeters, as parking lot people. See, when people leave this church on a Sunday morning, what are they saying? Do they go, do they walk away from this experience and go, well, nobody talked to us. I don't know. Well, well, at least they opened the Bible. That was good. A lot of churches don't do that. See, they are going to have that conversation going down the road, aren't they? They're going to be driving down the road, they're going to go, and they're going to be discussing the outcome of what happened here. They're going to be discussing that, and they're going to be comparing notes, so to speak. People make their decisions very quickly, but they're going to, well, maybe we'll give them a second chance. Maybe we won't. So what I'd encourage you all to do for your ministry areas is to think about what you want people to say when they leave. What does that look like? Oh, they were overbearing. Maybe they were too friendly. Maybe it was weird. But what are those outcomes? Now see, some of this, we do this on every um, area, especially, uh, we'll do this a lot for events. Okay? Like if there's a children's camp, we'll say, what do we want that, what do we want the, before we ever start the event, We'll say, what do we want the end product to look like? What do we want to happen in those children's lives? 
Before we do a, a setting like this, we'll go into it and we'll say, okay, when they leave, what do we want them to be thinking? How much do we want them to grow? What does that look like? Okay. Now, can you do that for your area? Yeah, hopefully so. So we can say we can do that maybe for a, a greeter's area where we could say, all right, our outcome is we want everybody to feel loved and encouraged. And maybe we're going to, this was so interesting to me, a couple months ago, um, a guy walked into our service, pretty normal. He walks in, first time, I can tell he's a first, first timer, kind of looking around. He walks in, and I think, okay, first timer, I'm going to go up and meet the guy. And the, the greeters met him, and then he filters on through to where I'm at. And I go, hey, man. Walked in, I'm matching him, kind of his stride, his energy level. I go, hey, I'm back. Met him a little bit. Got his name. And I go, hey, how's it going? He goes, good, good, everything's good. And then he walked by me. He walks by me, and he turns around, and he goes, you know, Things aren't going good. He goes, my wife just left me. I'm hurting. I need answers. I'm trying to find God. I'm trying to find God in any of this. I'm hurting. Now, see, we got it. Is that real? So we got to allow people. And so I go, hey, man, can I pray with you? You know, and I just went up. We said a short little prayer and just to have encouragement to go together. But are we open to praying for people? Are we open to go, hey, man, you know, if they come here on Sunday, they came for a reason. Right. It wasn't that they were bored. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I got nothing to do on my day off. Oh, my goodness. I don't need to mow my lawn, do my laundry, do my shopping. I don't need to relax. I'm, I'm going to go to church. They came here for a reason. You know, Holy Spirit, he told me, he said, Mac, people, it's the same way with a church as it is with a business. They come in with one of two general needs. They come in one of two general needs. It's one, I've got a need. Will this place help me? Is there someone here I can find an answer the only problem with most churches, though, what need are they fulfilling? When most people think about a need that a church fulfills, what is it? Salvation. Well, what if I'm not going to die for a while? I guess I can put that one on hold for a while, right? If the only answer of the church is salvation, eternal life, and people hear about that, then how much are we really benefiting them? Oh, yeah, you know, I hear about the church talking about Jesus and salvation, eternal life. Well, I'll just put that off until I have a surgery or until I'm 103 years old. And then, then I'll, because I'm really busy today, I'll check that out a little later. But if we're in need and, we're, and people are coming in and we're meeting their needs and helping them, you go into Home Depot for what? Fill a need. You go into Safeways, what? To fill a need. You're going to get groceries. You're going to get something. You went there with an expected outcome. So people are coming into our doors every Sunday, all the time, and they're looking for a need. So either that, they're looking for a need, or they say, I have an ability. Can this place use me? Okay? So we have a lot of, uh, at our church, probably at your church too, 
you have people moving into the area, you have mature Christians, and they're coming in going, dude, I've got a skill set. Can you use me? Has anybody heard of the Duns? Do you know what the terminology the Duns is? No. Oh, gosh, I'm glad you guys are here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, do you guys like this subject matter too? Yes. Okay. This is actually, I wrote this in a new book. This is a powerful book. It's called The Empowered Church. And um, I've, I've written five books. The first three are all on business development. And um, back, you know, with business development stuff. And the last two have been on Christian stuff. And, and this last book, it, it took me about five years, it takes me to write a book. And um, it's called The Empowered Church. And I wrote all sorts of concepts about church growth. A lot of the things that we're covering here, Pastor John has read it, loves the book. It's on, I, um, it's on digital, so you know too. Well, if you like this, I really encourage you to get that book. Uh, it's in digital. It's, it sells for 15 bucks. I think our table will be open later. If you guys want to get that, but I'd really encourage you, if you want to understand church growth, and it's written not to pastors, it's, in, it's written to people that love the church and want to see the church grow. And it's got some powerful content. Actually, multiple chapters in there. I didn't know anything, uh, or I didn't know before I started writing the book. One of them, it's called Three, three Questions from Holy Spirit, is Holy Spirit kept me up one night and he asked me three questions. The most thought-provoking questions, and I think you'd heard those questions before, Dominique, and the most, because uh, I sp spoke on them last year, but uh, the most powerful questions, life-altering as far as the viewpoint of the church and how smart Holy Spirit is. So I just really encourage you on that and just to, to grow. And I ask Pastor John, he goes, yeah, this is a great, and we do it actually for our leadership at our church. It's mandatory to read it. Our pastor has all the staff read it. We just It's mandatory to read and understand, to know how to move forward as the body of Christ. And so anyway, we'll make that available to you. But I talk in there about the Duns. And the Duns is a, is a um, segment of society. And then we put this terminology on this group of people. And what they are, they're Christians that have quit the church. And they're called the Duns. And the, the uh, characteristics of the Duns are, think about this, the characteristics of the Duns, they love God. They love the church. But they couldn't fulfill the call of God within the church. So they quit the church and they go into secular um, organizations to help people. Millions, millions of people have quit the church, devout Christians, loved the church. They were in leadership at churches. And they quit because they felt like they could serve more people in the Red Cross. They could serve more people at the food bank. They could serve more people at the secular homeless shelter than they could through the church. Millions. Dude, what are we doing? Are we playing church? Are we just going through the motions? Are we really helping people? Are we really out there going, how can we minister? Are we releasing people, empowering people, helping people to go forth to fulfill the call of God on our life? Or are we just 
playing church, going through our little steps, our little routine. So if we're going to minister to the duns, or if we're going to get serious about that, we have to empower those. We've got we've to empower these people that are coming into our churches. And they're saying, hey, yeah, I want to do something significant for the, the kingdom. And will you allow me to? And in a lot of churches, they're not allowed to. They don't have that freedom to walk into that, that calling. I tell people, and I know this is crazy. Okay, I don't care. Uh, but I've told this to people before. It, you know, my goal is to speak truth. My goal is not to be politically correct. And I say, listen, you, if you can't feel the call of God within your church, quit. Get out of here. You have to answer for the call of God on your life. You need to go where you can fulfill it. You have to answer for that. Now, thank goodness you can fulfill the call of God in, in this church. But there's a lot of churches where they don't allow that. But you have to answer for the call of God. You have to answer for what you did with those talents, abilities, what you did with your life. Dude, I want to I I bring that. And so, encouraging people. So, why did people come to a church? Number one, I got a need. I got a need. Can this place help me? I've got hurts. I've got pains. Do, do, does society have problems today? Uh, yeah. What kind of problems are they facing? Depression. Depression. Drugs, alcohol. Dr dr do they have drugs, alcohol here? I thought that was just in Boise. No, they actually they have that here. Oh, wow. That's strange. <laughs> Finances, yeah, what else? Suicide. Suicide, what else? Fear. Fear, yeah, a lot of people are scared out there, a lot of things. You know, of course, God's given us peace. But yeah, there's all these issues. There's, there's, do people have problems raising their children? And the elderly, and all these questions, and finances. and It's, it's gigantic, isn't it? So the world's got no shortage of needs, it's how we're positioned to help them. Okay? To be able to solve that. Okay, so one is needs. You see how this works together? Where you've got needs here, and you've got people with anointing and giftings. Boom. When those things come together, I call it convergence. Okay? I was praying about this this morning. Or you could call it a junction. You could call it a grand junction. Okay? Because what happens when there's a need and there's a gift of God, the power of God, Holy Spirit is looking for people to operate through. Holy Spirit's looking to release His goodness, His wisdom, His love. And what? He releases it through people. And he's looking for that, that convergence, that connection, that intersection where we come together. And there's this release of God's goodness and love into these people's hearts. And what happens? Life's change. It's real, isn't it? Did you ever think, why didn't Jesus, when he was resurrected, why didn't the whole world just see him right then? And why wasn't everybody saved? And why, why didn't that happen at that time? Hey, you know, they could have made it just all the angels, everything happened, Jesus rising up. Look, you know, and the whole world is just... Could that have happened? Could it? Yeah. Why didn't it? 
Obviously, it's Holy Spirit. He's going to move through you for this and this. Why? Because you're built, you're made in the image of God. You've got gifts and abilities on your life. You've got these amazing talents. And Holy Spirit is just saying, hey man, there's a guy. Let me ask you a question. Does God hear the prayers of unbelievers? He does, doesn't he? Sure he does. He loves them. Do you think unbelievers pray? Do you think there's people praying in your community right now? There are, aren't there? There's, there's people that are hurting. They're sad. They're, their kids are on drugs. They don't know what to do. They're looking for questions. And what are they doing? They're, they're crying out the best they can. Look, if there's a God in heaven, if you hear me, I, I need some help. I need something. And they're walking around your neighborhood. They're walking around your community. Maybe they got a house by you. Maybe you run into them at the grocery store. And that's where you get that nudge from Holy Spirit. Go, man, invite them. Invite them. Use that card. Hand it out to them. Invite them. And we're looking for that supernatural connection of goodness and love that's released. Just a seed planted on the inside of them. Even at, hey man, what church do you go to? I don't go to a church. Really? Man, I go to this great church. You ought to come over. I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and we'll just chat, man. Ah, it'd be great to get to know you better. Hey man, you come in on Sunday morning. I'll be waiting for you. I'll watch for you. We can sit together. It'll be cool. Does that work? Yeah. yeah, it does. Supernatural convergence. A connection. And then, can God use that? Yeah. Is that an outcome for good? Yes. Yeah. So let's think about how, you know, in, let me take this a step forward. There's one metric, we talked about that, there's one thing that our church really looks for. And what is the number one thing we try to do for people coming in? You know, a lot of, a lot of, um, businesses and business coaching, we're always looking for what is the one common uh, metric or one common thing that we should do that'll help that company, that we can monitor to have it succeed. What is the one common thing? And you know, for some companies, maybe it's volume or maybe it's table turns, how fast they turn the people, or maybe it's how much a customer spends in a, in a, in a purchase or stuff. And in business, we look at all those different factors to figure out what those key elements are. Do you know what it would be in a church? It's a good question, though, isn't it? Yeah. What would help a church to be successful? And what would be the most relevant thing that we can do? Anybody got any ideas what that would be? People inviting people. Okay, that's a great one. And actually, it's a huge key for that. See, because if we're going to have a successful church, if we're really going to impact people, let me give you an example. Um, I hate to use myself as an example, but I'm going to use this. Um, here, back to, you, you knew that I was kind of very dysfunctional and left school. And, you know, I always, say, I always say that I was absent just a few days in school. And wouldn't you know, that's when they taught reading. I mean, you know, all those years I went to school and they only taught reading on those couple days. Hello. What kind of school system is this, anyway? All right, well, maybe I was gone a few more days than that, and maybe they actually did try to teach me to read. But um, anyway, so 
here I am just this mess of a person with no morals, drugs, alcohol, just a, ra a train wreck. But because I had so much, how many businesses, I also had a lot of money. So you're a train wreck with money. So that's even worse. It's a big train wreck, okay? <laughs> you know, well, here's what happened. is through my business connections, see if you can catch a key here, through some of my business con connections, they invited me to go to church. And through that, I, invited, I accepted Christ. Now, obviously, I didn't know how to be married. I didn't know how to be a father. I didn't know. I had, I had terrible role models growing up in that. And so I had no, I didn't know how to be a good dad. I didn't know how to be a good husband. But they said, Mac, would you be an usher? I said, sure. And they recruited me, hint, 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 to be an usher. And the guys go, I thought, man, it's guys thing. Yeah, it's good, man. I can be around guys. And, you know, I, I became one of the usher guys. Now, did that help me to show up to church more often? Absolutely. It did, didn't it? Yeah. And when I was in church, then I was around people that worshiped, right? right. Was that good for me? Yes. And I was under an amazing pastor and hearing sermons every week. Was that good for me? And here's what happened. This is, this is what happened, man. I, I had no social upbringing at all. And they, I, I'm saying words that I, I, you shouldn't be saying in church, okay? <laughs> and, and my usher friends go, hey, you know, Mac, you know, we love you, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's not appropriate here. I'm going, dang, really? You know? And, uh, and they go, no, yeah, really, you shouldn't talk that way. Oh, oh, that's awkward, you know? But eventually I started kind of changing my language a little bit. Now, Mac, you know, it would probably be helpful for your marriage if you didn't treat your wife that way. Hmm. Really? Man, this is what I saw growing up. I shouldn't call her those names. I shouldn't. No, Mac, that's, that's really not, really not going to help your marriage. Oh, okay. So for 20 years I was an usher. And I, I like to say, I, I could just see the angels up there. I like to laugh about this, but I could just see the angels up there going, okay, we're going to get him to pass the buckets the right way one time. Okay, he'll get it. Honest. He's going to get it. After 20 years, we'll finally get him to know which way to pass the buckets. Okay. You know, but what was really happening? I was seeing building up relationships. I was building friendships. I was connecting with other men of God. They were mentoring me maybe even indirectly, as their example. I was seeing how they treated their wives, how they raised their kids. What was happening? I was being shaped. I was being shaped. Now, during that process, let me ask you, does life ever happen? Life happens, doesn't it? Well, during that process, our, our daughter got killed. It was tragic. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's terrible. Our grandson got kidnapped. He... It took away. He's okay. Everything grew all right. But we were devastated by life happenings. What would have happened if I wouldn't have been an usher? Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't be married today. I would have gone back to my old friends at the bar. Would they give me good counsel? They would have gave me counsel, though, wouldn't they? Yeah. Mac, we'll buy another one. This sounds tough. We'll buy you two more. Hey, Mac. Mm -hmm. Your wife doesn't understand, but Millie down there may. They'd be, they'd be coaching me on this, wouldn't they? Yes. 
Yeah, but I had those men of God standing beside me. Mac, you're going to make it. We're praying for you. Diane was in a small group. I was in a small group. We're there. We had, for two years, I didn't know my name. I was just like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I was such a fog. I didn't understand anything. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You've been through this. And there were these guys, men and women, they're hanging on to us. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. We're praying for you. We're standing with you. You're going to make it. No, it wasn't easy. We made it. We're still married. We're moving on. Back with God. What if I hadn't have been an usher? What if we hadn't have been in a small group? They wouldn't have made it, folks. I'd like to say, I, I, but we wouldn't have made it. And so here's the key. We talk about the one metrics. It's connection. You get people connected. And you people, listen, that's why the stewardship of people is so important. If I have one metric that we watch at our church is people connected. How many, what percent of the people do we have in our life groups, or in our small groups? What percent of the people do I have in ministry teams? What be, people do I have connected? Why? Because then they're connected to you. And if they're connected to you, they're connected to Jesus. So we talk about this all the time. What's our connection? How, much, how, how, how well are we doing connecting people? What does that look like? What's the path? How are we getting people? How can we get more? So listen, some of the, the people, when you're recruiting for your usher team or your children's ministry, do you realize that could save their marriage? Can, can it? Have you ever seen somebody that they, they would, and I warn them, have you ever seen somebody that steps down from ministry and they go, yeah, you know, we need a break. You know, we're, oh man, busy right now in the summertime and stuff like that. We're going to take a break and we'll be back on later. And hey, no problem. But, you know, we're just kind of overwhelmed and, you know, this season of our life and stuff like that. Hey, where are the Wilsons at? I haven't seen them for a long time. Right. Is that, have you seen that happen? Man, I tell you what, I don't let people step down. It's, I don't. I got to so say, look, man, this is too important. I got to keep you connected. I got to keep you plugged into the vine. I got to keep you grafted in here because I know what happens if you get cut off. Then pretty soon you start making excuses not to show up to church. Pretty soon you start making excuses for not, and you start making dumb decisions. And pretty soon you're not here anymore. And I've heard about some of those people that pretty soon I'm going... Yeah, didn't you hear about the Wilsons? Yeah, they're not married anymore. Yeah, I mean, he, he started getting attracted to somebody down at work, and there was a deal at the bars, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's raising the kids, man. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a mess. So I got to take those as ministry people. You guys are leaders here. And as ministry people, man, I'm, I'm locking on to those people. I'm holding on to them. I got to keep them in the nest. I got to keep them connected. Okay. Because I know what the world do with them. And isn't it subtle how the world will just take us a little step at a time away? It does, doesn't it? Oh, man, you can compromise here. You can just go over here. Hey, that's not so bad. Hey, those are good people. No, really, that'll be good. So think about... Um, all right, so what are you getting out of what I'm saying so far? Connections. 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 The grand, the grand Junction. The Grand Junction. 
Man, I'm telling you, that came on me this morning. The Grand Junction. Yeah. That convergence of God's anointing. And it, it's real. It's real. And I think you guys ought to claim that for your church. I mean, just that grand junction of God's, good, God's goodness, God's goodness hitting the needs of the world. Bam. Because I'll tell you, when we drove through this community, even this morning, I was going, man, this place is ripe. Wow. I can just feel that God wants to do something here. It's just so fun driving down the road going, woo. Man, I can just feel, I can just feel good things that God wants to do here. You know, it's a, it's a fun. It's fun. So anyway, what I, I, here's what I'd recommend you do is, and we, do we have those papers? So we have, I'm going to throw out these papers really quick. Hand those out, okay? Hopefully I won't mess up your brain too much with this, but I want you to think a little bit differently. This is on a sheet that we utilize for outcomes. And I told you that outcomes is, is a big area for us. Um, and then we'll just kind of talk about this and close. Um, but I want you, what hopefully this will help you do, is I want you to do, think about doing things for a purpose. Think about doing things for a reason. Okay? That's what we're trying to establish here, is that we're not just going through the motions um, with no end in sight, we're going through the rationale with a reason. Okay? <clears throat> so, I'll just kind of, and how you do this is really up to you. This is just to get your thoughts going. Don't worry about the technical side of this. Okay? But I just want you to um, kind of think about different outcomes in this process. And, and um, so here's the way this has worked. Like, I talked about if we're going to do a children, okay, like this just happened, this is what, just some normal things that we do, okay? We just had a children's retreat, okay, or a children's camp, children's camp. So I asked the children's pastor before the camp, I said, okay, what are your outcomes? Now, most people go, well, we don't have any outcomes, and I'm going, yes, but what are we going to do? And I go, first off, because it's about connection, how many kids are you going to have there? What's your goal? Okay, he gave me the goal, and actually he came back and he goes, Mac, we got so, because he got innovative, because we were putting sticky notes on the roof, remember? Yeah. Remember? He had a goal, but he blew that in the weeds. He goes, the camp closed, they will not let us bring any more kids. We're packed out. And I go, well, you better figure it out, because I want more kids there. You've way exceeded your goal. And so here's what he did. He said, Mac, we're going after more. I'm just not going to allow the parent, the people, all of our workers to eat. Okay? They can't eat at the camp. I'm going to give them, and they got to go into town and eat, but we're going to get more kids there. Innovative. He was going 10% higher, 10% higher, 10% higher. Okay? I go, okay. Now, that's a tangible outcome. The number of kids that showed up. He blew it in the weeds. He was... I'm going to have to write him up or something. I mean, he went way beyond what, I, what he said he would do, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, um, so, but the tangible outcome was a number of connections, was connections, because see, I knew that proximity, if we got those kids there, you know what would happen? Yeah. Power of God. So my, what's my goal? You get as many kids there as you can. Why? It's good. Boom. There's going to be powerful. Okay, there's going to be strong. 
So we had, he had a number go blew it in the weeds. So I'll have all sorts of tangible things, but are there also intangible things? That you go, yeah, but how do you judge spiritual growth or connection or relationships? Is there still a way to do that? Well, let me give you an example. So we did the same thing with our youth department, okay, on the youth camp. And one of his goals is we want to create relationships because we know that relationships in the, in the teen ministry is so important with those kids so that numerically, kids that have a relationship with each other and a, an adult, they're way less likely when they go to college of losing their faith. So the best thing that we can do with teens 50 per 52%, I think it is, walk away from God when they go to college. Huge number. So if you want your kids to walk away from God, send them to college. 52% will walk away. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but out of the ones that stay with God, the ones that have a meaningful relationship with other peers and an adult outside of their parents are much more likely uh, to stay with God. So is that important for my youth department to know that? Yeah. So his whole goal, his whole outcome is we've got to build relationships with these teens, with adults, and that they become role models and peers, and they will keep that relationship when they go to college, and chances are they won't backslide into the world. Is that meaningful? Should we help know that? Yeah. So how do you facilitate that? Then, how do I create a metrics around that to judge whether he does it or not? This is the way you do it. So they went off to youth camp. I said, listen, pastor, how are you going to do that? How are you going to judge that? He goes, Mac, here's what we're going to do. He goes, our goal going into this youth camp is we're going to have five hours of small groups with an adult during this time. Can I monitor that? Can I see if he succeeded in that? I can, can I? So he did small groups for at least five hours with an adult. Does that create connection? Does that create what we established? Yes. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And so he told me, he goes, Mac, it was crazy. They didn't want to stop their small groups. We had such great relationships. Some of them were almost praying all night together. They were sharing. It was so intimate, so powerful. Oh, geez. I'm going to have to reprimand you too, you know, because you're just going way more. You're just 10% higher, 10% higher. Now, would it have been different if he didn't have any outcomes going into that? Then he wouldn't have it. He couldn't judge himself, could he? So he had an outcome as far as how many teens are going to be there, create proximity to create that environment with God. Then he had that goal as far as small groups. Now I can judge on the outcomes how well he did and if we did our outcomes we prescribed to. Now, can you do that in your ministry? Can you do that with greeters? Can you do that with ushers? Can you do that in your area? How? What would that be like? Somebody. What's that? Time. Time? It could be time. Come on. Bam. Okay, now maybe what I want to do is I want to figure out what's important first. And then I'm going to back into it. So like if one of my things is, is numbers important to you in your, in your um, ministry? Yeah. Are numbers important to God? Yeah. Because numbers represent people. Are people important to God? Yeah. So if I've got a, say if I've got a, if I'm greeters and I've got 20 people in my, in my ministry, would it be important that I had 30, I had a no, number, a numeric to get to? 
that I wanted to increase to? Nod your head with me. So maybe my goal that I shared with my team is I said, hey, we're not going to have the church build our team. We're leaders. We're going to take personal responsibility. We're going to own our area of the wall. We're going after this thing. we got 20 greeters. We want 30. Okay, you got it? This is what we're going to do. This is important to the church. This is important to our team. This is important to those people we're bringing on. Can we do this? And he empowers them to go forward. Can they do that? Can they judge that? Should they do that? Yeah, because it's stewardship. And so then you've got a goal that you're activating. All your people, hey man, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to recruit. Invite your friends, let's make this very appealing. So people want to be on our team. We're going to have a good team. We're going to be known for the best area, the best area wall, the best section of wall in this, in this uh, church. We're going to be the friendliest. We're going to be the happiest. We're going to be the most energetic. We're going to be the most praying for, for Pastor John in this whole church. Is that good? Will that attract people to you? Yes. Does that create a positive outcome? Yes. It does, doesn't it? Yes. And then you say, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I, I, don't want, I don't want any of our greeters, our team, my posse, we're all greeters together. We're going to be strong. We're going to support each other. We're going to do that. How do we do that? Is that a good outcome? So here's what we're going to do. And then you just start getting creative. How do we solve that? We're going to get together before we greet every Sunday. And we're going to pray together. We're going to intercede together. We're going to allow people to be transparent if they got issues. We're going to have men praying for men, women praying for women. But we're going to stand together and make this happen. Will that make that team stronger? Can you judge whether you did that or not? Yeah. We, ch- we, we prayed a half an hour. We prayed a half an hour. We prayed a half an hour. We interacted. You can see how healthy that team is, can't you? And so you can start putting metrics in place to create outcomes that create this, the outcome that you want. Are you going to have a healthier team then? Yeah, it's a good outcome. Are you going to have a more on fire team to serve and love people to come in? Yeah. Maybe, and you share, there's a key, share testimonies of the behaviors you want to continue. Hey, man, you saw Larry on Sunday. Man, he was praying for those people in the lobby. Man, pray, Larry, share that with us. How powerful that was and how those lives were changed. Was that cool? Man, hey, Larry did phenomenal. I mean, Larry, he is a rock star because he was praying for them people. Was that awesome or what? Man, we all ought to be like Larry. Does that encourage the rest of you? It does, doesn't it? Why? Because we modeled the behavior, we saw something we wanted, we supported it and said, hey, this is the behavior we want. Oh man, not only that, after service, what was so cool, Larry met those guys again and he took them out to lunch. Man, he really connected with them. Yeah, now they're good, like good friends. Those, pe- those people are now connected to our church and now we, maybe we saved their marriage. Because is stuff going to happen in their life? Stuff's going to happen. But praise God for Larry. He loved those people, blessed those people, got outside of himself, and he connected those people. And it's not all about Larry in the future, is it? Because what happened? We connected to the body of Christ. And now maybe, who knows, maybe they'll be in the parking lot team or they'll be on the security team. And are they connected some more? And now we've got other people that are connected around them. And we created community for them. That's the thing with technology. Do we want more community? We want more real community where people really know our name. Can we do that through ministry teams? We can, can't we? 
And then people look forward to, does that look different when people go, oh my gosh, I can hardly, I can hardly wait to go to church. It's going to be so powerful. Here's the analogy I like. This is an outcome I want to achieve. Well, take this. I want you to take this and just think about it in your area. I'm going to give you the outcome in a minute, but I want you to think about it in that area. Team number. What's your team on how, how many uh, people you want to, on your team? What's your goal? So what I would do on this, I would write down whatever team I'm on and get together. If you're a greeter's team, get together on this. Usher's team, get together on this. Whatever's team, get together on this. Decide how many people you want as your goal. Write that on there, okay? Our goal is X amount of team members, okay? Now, I use these as an examples. You can write those right there. Just use this form however you want to. But maybe it's training. Maybe it's pray, praying together. Maybe it's some of those things. Now, down in the intangibles is, can I have a prayer for your um, intangibles we talked about for creating unity? Maybe that's, we're going to spend a half an hour together every Sunday or whatever. Maybe I'm going to be praying another one of those prayer. I'm going to be praying for my, my team every week, throughout the week. I'm going to have their pictures there, and I'm going to be praying for them. Is that a good intangible goal for you? Yeah, and you're going to be praying and supporting one another. So are those good outcomes? Yeah. So then I'm going to, I write these down. Now here's how we would do it in our, our church, okay? We would write these down, and then I would take this to Dominic, and I'd say, listen, this is what we're going to do. And see here it says, requested from leadership. If you do need some, listen, I need some help, I need resources, I need a place to pray, I need this place for us connection, I need, what do I need to help accomplish this? We communicate together and I say, hey, listen, this is what we're, we're pledged to do. This is what we're going to do. We want to make sure you're, we're in communication with you. We feel like we need this help, we need some papers, we need some pens, we need a place to pray, meet, or something like that. We come into agreement on that, okay, and then we sign our names. I sign my name, he signs, you know, the ministry leader signs their name. We date it, and then down here at the review date, we come back together again, and we say, hey, we're going to do this by the end of the year. We're going to do this by whatever time. And we come back together again, and what? We monitor, we're accountable to what we did. Hey, we just want to, and listen, there's no judgment here. If we didn't hit our goal, we didn't hit our goal. We just restructure, go again. I don't care. It's not about... I look for, it's not about right and wrong. It's about working and not working. Okay, it's a big issue between those. I'm not judging right and wrong. I'm judging, did that work? No, it didn't work. Okay, well, let's change to find what does work. Okay, people that are right and wrong is too much judgment. Okay, we want to we stay in working, not working. If whatever you were doing this working, you know what we should do? More of it. Hey, Here's a tip. If it's not working, what should we do? Stop. Change. Change. So you want to go for working, not working, not right or wrong. I don't want to find out. I don't, I don't, I don't like telling people, hey, man, that's wrong. No, here, what? Hey, man, did that work for you? Was that the outcome you wanted? Did that work? No, Mac, it stunk. Okay. Well, hey, we figured out what stunk, right? right. Hey, hallelujah, we figured out what didn't work. All right, so now we know that. Hey, let's figure out, well, what, what do you think we should do different to get it to work out? Well, Mac, I think if we go over this way, okay, let's give that a try. Let's see if that works. Mm. Come on. 
I want working, not working. See, I'll tell you what, I coach, when I coach companies, this is, the, this, is what I, this is as easy as it gets sometimes. I go, hey, man, what are you doing that's working? They go, this, 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 this. I go, hey, let's do more of it. What are you doing this, you know, that doesn't work? Don't do it anymore. Let's change it. Okay? Same with your church. Your church has favor and go with the favor of God on it. You got amazing favor. You got amazing giftings. You got, go with that, man. It's a home run for you. All right, so here's the outcome that I'm looking for. This is the outcome that's in my brain that I'm trying to establish, okay, when I'm seeing people. I want you to picture our couple again. You remember our couple trying to decide to go to work or go to church? They get a phone call. It's Super Bowl Sunday. They get a phone call. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And they go, hey, man. Larry, do you want to come to the game with? Do you want to come to the party with us? It's your team in the Super Bowl. This is what you've been waiting for your whole life. Your teams in the Super Bowl. Man, you want to come over to the barbecue? Do you want to come over and hang out with us? We're going to have a great time. I got all your favorite meat, and I got amazing barbecue, and we're just going to celebrate, and it's going to be fantastic, and it's, and it's your birthday, and we're just, and it's going to be phenomenal, and it's in your honor, and uh, we called it Larry's Party Celebration Super Bowl Day. It's all about you. You want to come over? And here's Larry's response. He goes, man, I can't do that. What? Dude, come on! This is the game of a lifetime. Are you kidding me? No, man. Here's, here's the deal. He goes, man, I, I, that'll cost me too much. That'll cost me too much. Oh, come on, come on. Because the church I go to, man, when I started going to there, I had a broken marriage. My marriage was a train wreck, man. It stunk. Now we're back together again. We love each other. Man, our kids, they're, they're now walking with God. They're walking with God. They're strong. Before, they were, had all these issues, and one of the kids was smoking dope. And, and, and man, and you know what? My wife, she's, using, she's being used in the women's ministry. And, and she's, she's ministering to unwed teenagers. And she's really making an impact. God's flowing through him. And, and, and the guys on the usher team, man, I just love them. And I go out and pray for people afterwards. And I feel the power of God, just this convergence going through me. And I feel lives change. God's using me. No. The price is just too high for me to miss church. Mm. See, when I, when I think of the game, and I think of Larry's Day, and I think of the Super Bowl, and I, I don't care. This price is too high to pay to miss church. There's too much value at church. There's too much love there. There's too much encouragement. There's too much at stake. I don't miss, I'm not going to miss church. Hey, Larry. Me and my wife have been looking for something. You know, maybe we could start the party a little late. Is it all right if I go to church with you? You know, I've been looking for some answers too, brother. And thanks for taking that stand, but I know me and my wife, we could use some of that stuff. Would you mind if I met you there or something? And then we just start a little late. Can we do that? Is that all right? If we're giving people so much value here, so much value in this experience, so much value connecting with you, why would they go anywhere else? 
No, the price is too high. That's the way I, I look at this. When I got saved, listen, from drugs, alcohol, all that junk I've been, my best, most of my best friends, or my friends ended up dead. My best friend ended up in prison eight years before I lost track of him. When I came into the church, it was a life preserver. Man, I hung on that sucker. I said, no, you're not getting me out of here. Pastor, don't tell me to leave. Don't tell me to leave. I'll stay. I'll, I'll change. I'll be, I can't leave these people. The price is too high. Right. I don't want to go back to that life. I don't want to go back to that junk. I don't want to go back to that pigsty no more. The price is too high. Can we give people so much value? So much value connecting with you. So much value through this service. So much value through the word of God that they go, no, 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 no. I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to bring my friends. I want, I want their lives changed like that. So think of those outcomes. Think about that change. Think about how you can bring value. Listen, this is the real deal. There's souls at stake. There's marriages at stake. There's kids at stake. This is the real deal. And God wants to bring that value, bring that goodness, bring that love through you in that convergence, through that grand junction of His goodness. So I'm going to pray for you in closing. And I just want you, you know, whatever resonates on you today in this, you know, I know we've had fun, we've laughed, and we've had a good time, and hopefully we've said something that's meaningful. What I just encourage you for is embrace. Listen, if I walk out of here, and it's like, yeah, Mac, you left, and people were excited in the moment, and whatever, and, and then there's no change. It's like, dude, see, on my wall, I, got a, I told you I got the outcomes on my wall. And I wrote outcomes for this church before I got here. And I've been looking at it. And it's lives changed. They'll never be the same. I will not leave those people the same. I will not leave that area the same. They will grow. They will change. They will develop. Not that you're not. I just want more. And I write down those outcomes, and I'm thinking, man, these people are going to be imparted with God. There's going to be good things. They're going to be inviting their friends. They're going to be, their ministries are going to be connecting more than ever. They're going to be on fire, growing. They're going to spread this message, spread this word of love and goodness that we're serving mankind. We're bringing value to people. And I'm going to judge myself on those outcomes. And I'm going to say, Mac, did you do that? Are they changed? Is this going? Are we making impact for the kingdom of God? I don't know. I don't know. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness and love. And Father, I just thank you for, for once again, I thank you for these people being here and just taking time out of, out of their Saturday. And hopefully that some ideas will register and just resonate on their hearts. Okay, and I speak, I speak protection. I speak protection over those ideas right now. Mm -hmm. Father God, you've planted ideas in their heart. You've planted thoughts in their heart. 
But those thoughts are just little baby seeds, and we need to protect those. I speak protection. Father God, they're going to they're gonna have to fight to keep those baby seeds and cultivate them up. I speak protection over those that are lodged in their heart, that they stand strong. No, I won't, I won't forget that. No, I will continue in that. I will continue forward. I'm going to hold on to that. No, that is truth. I will hold on to that. I do embrace that. I do claim that on my life. I will walk in that. So I just speak that around their hearts, Father God. What is it, ever that is that Holy Spirit is deposited in them, that they're just holding on to it, protecting it, and that just nurture. I was just blowing that. I just blow health onto that and, and vitality on those coals on the inside of them to rise that up, rise that up, rise up those things, that burning inferno on the inside of them that it'll just cultivate, that it'll go stronger, Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's lives that are at stake. Right now, people are praying around, around this community. Right? People are thinking. People are hurting. People are looking for answers. They're looking for needs. And Father God, we proclaim we want to be their answer. Use us. Use us, Father God. So Father God, I thank you what you want to do in and through us. We just claim a victory. Once again, we, we've dedicated our area of the wall. We, we now dedicate ourselves. Father God, use us. We're going to be focused on outcomes. We're going to be focused on connecting people. We see the value of connection and bringing people in to the body of Christ and connecting them. We see that. And we claim a mighty victory. Father God, I claim this region for you. I claim this city for you. Father God, that there just be supernatural impact upon this church, upon this valley. We thank you for it, Father God. Because that's what you want to do. We don't have to ask you. We don't have to beg you. That's what you want to do. Is you want to see this area just with the power of God throughout it. So thank you, Father God. We will be good stewards. We will take our place. And we claim that. And we lay those victories before your throne and say, thank you, Abba, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you praise in the powerful name of Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. 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 Well, bless you guys. It's, uh, as I said, it's been an honor um, to be with you. And I think uh, I may be back tomorrow morning, too. Yeah. So, so anyway, we can hang. Uh, don't throw nothing at me tomorrow, okay? All right. <laughs> So uh, it'll be uh, fun to hang out with you guys. Uh, and once again, for the resources, the, if that, I would really recommend, and I know it's odd to, to recommend your own stuff, but that book, Empowered Church, is totally of God. And I really, rec we just have it in the digital version. It hasn't, it probably won't go to print for a couple months, but I wanted to get it released. And you're actually the first church I've presented it to. Um, besides uh, our own, and we got everybody is just rabid on it right now. But um, it's, um, and Pastor John actually asked him about that because he's read through it and it's powerful stuff. And uh, so the digital version, and I think that you can get that. There's some other stuff out there too, some of my other books. And if you've got questions, look, I'm here for you. I want to help you any way I can. So bless you guys.